Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Loudmouth Radio Network, Atlanta's hottest internet online radio network. Our talk show really covers topics that are geared towards empowerment, inspiration, and entertainment. We thank you tonight for connecting with us live and online and on demand, 24-7 on loudmouthradio.com. We are really happy to be able to sponsor this event this evening by Scarlet Place Apartments, considered to be South Atlanta's hidden gem. We want to thank all of our broadcast listeners that's listening to our live feed via Internet on blogtalkradio.com. And now, for your actual host and your show, The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers, Jazzy Jones. Hi, everyone. I am, again, very pleased to be with you on this Tuesday evening, 8 p.m., I have several uh, people who have contacted me this week saying, oh, my God, you really don't uh, tiptoe around topics. I have several um, psychologists and a few doctor friends um, that have even said, wow, you are getting ready to step right into the heart and thick of things. And during my research and just talking to several people about tonight's show, I was just floored uh, and excited about learning. Not that I necessarily agree, you know, how you have that little stipulation, and we we don't always agree with, you know, the things that are on the show, but to bring the truth or to bring awareness about a lot of people's truth is what I really plan to do on this show. Last week we had a phenomenal topic, the bicycle and talking about the effects of bipolar disorder in relationship. And this week's topic is the stigma that surrounds breastfeeding and sexual arousal. I did say those two words in the same sentence. And I know that, you know, for many of you that are listening, and um, for those that text me when I said I was going to post this, yep, it is something that happens naturally all the way through from infancy all the way up to adulthood. So we're going to tackle that tonight. We're going to ask that you call in. We're going to ask that you text, that you chat with us, and just give us your thoughts, um, give us your ideas about it, good or, you know, challenging or not so good if you want to deem it as such. But we want to talk about all those things. So we're going to cover breastfeeding and in infancy we're going to talk about breastfeeding and how the babies are just given so much good nourishment and really are given the the correct things from the breast. And then we're going to go right into talking about how the mother feels doing breastfeeding and the controversies that surround it in the Western world more so than anywhere. And then we're going to go into adult breastfeeding and um very, very interesting uh, topics. But 
I want to say that a shout-out and a thank you to a really good friend of mine, Andy. She is just amazing. And um, she actually connected me with the topic of the adult breastfeeding. And, you know, we initially were going to go just from that angle, but then I also did so much research and found so many things, even the cover, I believe it is, of Time magazine. And um, Selma Hayek was really knocked in the head for breastfeeding another infant during her trip to Africa. So it really made me kind of say, hey, let's go all the way back to even when I was a child and um, watching all of the mothers breastfeed their children in church. And, I mean, it was just a normal and natural thing that we have now in the Western culture made such a bad thing. I mean, if you don't breastfeed your child, um, no, if you don't stop breastfeeding your child at, at a certain time, then you're deemed this horrible, just wicked person who, you know, it's not natural, it's, it should be just outlawed, it should be banned in public, and all of these other things. So we want to talk about that. But Andy's initial statement was, um, you know, an interest and a concern about adult breastfeeding. And <laughs> she posted some things, and I was like, wow, Andy, that's going to be my next show. So we're going to start off with just a little bit about breastfeeding. And um, I've kind of always had this fixation on breast. I want a big, nice breast like my mom. She had the greatest breast when I was little. And I, I thought, wow, when I grow up, I'm going to have a beautiful body and I'm going to be really pretty like my mom. And, um, you know, we would see all of these, uh, Jane Russell and all of the movie stars, and they had the comb bras and it was just the greatest. But, you know, as I got older, of course, and had kids and I did breastfeed and, you know, like I said, growing up and seeing things in church, I began to, for this particular segment, decide, let me just kind of go back and look beyond some of my own knowledge and pull some information together, and that's what I did. So breastfeeding, um, as a rule, in ancient times, babies were carried with their mothers and fed everywhere. I mean, if they were hungry, they tied the babies around or they just had them... Um, you know, in their arms, going from here to there, whether it was to the store, whether it was church, whether it was in the fields. It didn't matter. You breastfed your child. It just was that natural way. Nobody thought of anything different. And so that's what you did. Your baby was hungry. You gave your baby the breast. Um, right around 18th to 19th century, when... Women were required to work in the in industrialization field, and, you know, we were uh, putting mothers to work, and they were taking up positions that most men used to do. That's when it kind of became, hmm, breastfeeding wasn't the cool thing to do. It was, well, for one, I'm royalty or I'm working. So the royalty would hire somebody else to breastfeed their children, and the working class moms would just breastfeed a little bit at home, and then they started to make it a situation where they started using a bottle or they would use the little, like a napkin, you would put it in milk into a napkin from a cow or from a goat or something else, and you would allow the baby to suck. So moms kind of started veering off. But it wasn't because 
that's just what they wanted to do. It's what they felt like they had to do based upon what was happening and developing in the country. And this was more so in Europe. So you, you take it all the way back from the biblical times, went straight over into European culture, um, over into our Western culture, and then it just started weaning slowly off by the 1950s most breastfeeding, the attitude of, of breastfeeding at that time was, oh, no, uneducated people and those that were lacking um, a temperament of lower class or having a temperament of lower class, those were the only people, quote, unquote, left to breastfeed. So you just did not have the same bonding and nurturing and loving attitude that once was about breastfeeding because of all of the changes and women wanting to be more sophisticated, they just did not breastfeed. But I find it funny and I find it interesting that even when I was bringing up this topic and different ones were saying, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear the baby part, but I don't want to hear any other parts about breastfeeding. But just the stigmas that surround breastfeeding altogether is amazing. It, it, and it has amazed me ever since, you know, you started hearing all of these public outbursts about moms breastfeeding their children in public. And everybody was going crazy over it. And people were telling, you know, moms, you can't breastfeed. Or people were getting arrested and still are to this day getting arrested for breastfeeding in public. But breast milk has always been that nutriment to our children and to our infants that helped our babies grow, helped our babies be strong, and helped our children, you know, develop. And just in finding um, some of the stories and some doctors that I've talked to, you know, let me know some of the benefits. And, you know, I'm a parent, so I thought I was pretty up to date, but it was even more shocking to me all of the things or, or several of the things that I found out, like babies that are breastfed, they have fewer infections. Uh, among the studies showing that non-breastfed infants have a higher risk of infection than breastfed infants. They have um, less ear infections. I know when I was younger, oh, my God, I got an ear infection every five minutes, it seems. And if you guys hear all of this beeping in the back, I have people chatting. <laughs> So pay no attention to that. Um, but, yeah, you know, you had so many people at the time that uh, that do breastfeed. I'm sorry. The people that breastfeed, their babies have less infections. They have less respiratory tract infection, less asthma, um, which, you know, so many of our kids today are really suffering with asthma. They have less obesity. They have less infant death syndrome, less diabetes, health problems. They have more stable health issues than children that are not breastfed, which I found like, wow. Some of the things I did know, you know, um, but these things that I found out in the studies just kind of blew my mind. You have less SIDS in babies that are breastfed, which... You know, that's a big thing. I know I had a daughter years ago who died very similar to um, SIDS and had her breastfed. Now, you know, maybe that would have been a little bit different. Don't know, not blaming, just saying, you know, finding out some of the results of breastfeeding, I'm just amazed. So 
going into this subject, knowing all of these studies about breastfed babies and how they're stronger, they have more um, time to bond with mom, so they're stronger. They come out, usually the studies have proven, to be more independent because they've had so much nurturing time with mom. And the longer you breastfeed, the more stable the children are. Isn't that amazing? I found that to be quite amazing, actually, that if you spend more time, and which kind of makes sense, it's almost like if we took the breastfeeding part out, if you spend more time with your child, you're talking to that baby more, you're attentive, you're giving one-on-one time, you're learning more things about the baby, um, and even into not only just you know six months to 12 months, which ironically enough, in the United States, that's what we kind of feel is okay, whereas it used to be up to four years. Then it kind of decreased to three, and now, you know, it's still kind of looked at, hmm, at 24 months, are you still breastfeeding? You get those kind of remarks. However, the longer you breastfeed, the more you're nurturing, the more you're building relationship, the more you're bonding. And in doing so, you have a stronger, well-equipped child. So when that child leaves you, they have a greater identity. They know who they are. They've been loved. They've been talked to. They've been hailed. And so you have a better equipped child into society. So having said that, when we have the stigmas of uh, a mother breastfeeding her child, which is called like a long-term lactation, When you have moms who are saying, I want to breastfeed my child until they're ready, I'm not going to give the baby an age limit or time. I'm not going to say, well, when he turns or she turns two or when they turn three or when they turn four, five, six, whatever those ages are that we look down on our moms who are breastfeeding, think about it. That child is better um, able to handle sometimes the cruelties that they face when they go out into the world. You know, they, they're picked up at on every level for everything. So you have a child that's stronger. Okay, so now getting right into long-term lactation. We have had such a worldwide, actually, more, again, in the United States or the Western society, We've had more stigmas on parents making the decision, if it's a husband, wife, or whether it's, you know, same genders that breastfeed their children long term. We have really made them go closeted in breastfeeding, a natural source of milk and nutriment. So I find it hilarious. In studying this, and I had heard this before, but when you think about we are the only species that goes outside of our race, our human race, and drink another animal's milk. I'm going to give you just a few minutes to think about that. Okay, that's enough because we're already up, so you can't see my expression. But... Think about it. You never see an elephant walking up to a a giraffe and just going to nurse. 
You don't see that. You don't see, you know, a goat going up to a duck. You don't see anything else going up to an opposite kind except humans. Or unless a, you know, we hear some of these stories like a dog nursed a little tiger or vice versa simply because the mom died and here was this surrogate mom who was nursing their cubs or their dogs or you know, whatever animal it was, and allowed that other animal to come in. Those are very rare cases. But just in a natural state, we say, hey, we want to go drink cow's milk or we want to drink goat's milk, which is the two pretty much standard ones. And, you know, we say that that's fine, but you don't see any other animal doing that. So when we allow our children to drink for a long period of time, our natural milk, it gives us so many benefits. But we, you know, we look down upon it. I remember um, Selma Hayek when she got so bashed because she, you know, went over to Africa, Goodwill Ambassador, went over to Africa, and um, she breastfed a child who didn't have a parent. And she was slammed at... Every corner, every hand she was told, you know, you could get AIDS and you could give that baby some disease or the baby could give you some disease and this is just horrible and this is just the most just ridiculous thing I have heard and you should be more responsible. And, I mean, just flat. What she says in her own statements that she has such an addiction to breastfeeding simply because she knows how healthy and what great benefits breastfeeding gives for children. So how does that now tie in or how does it deviate from um or how does it how do we tie that in with mom and her feelings? We've heard all of the benefits for the kids, but guess what? Doing breastfeeding, there are many, many, many women, many, and I do say many Broadly, because there really are a lot of women that during breastfeeding, they are sexually aroused by the act of breastfeeding, not not because they're looking at this child saying, oh, I want to have sex or I want to be inappropriate with my baby. But during breastfeeding, when that child latches on to the entire portion of the breast, meaning the whole areola, the whole nipple area, and that milk is secreting, what's taking place is just a sheer miracle. It's amazing how the body is made because during that process, so many things are happening. The baby's being fed. The baby's being nourished. This is great. This is wonderful. But at the same time, mom is getting contractions, and those contractions are making the stomach um, go down after she's had a baby. So she's getting smaller and getting tighter because every suck is allowing a contraction. The same kind of contractions that she had pushing and, and making that stomach move, the contractions are allowing the stomach now to tighten. But also it's releasing the same kind of uh, feelings that you would have when you're having an orgasm. So many of the moms that are breastfeeding their children are feeling this, oh, my God, mixed signal. 
So although they're looking at this baby, and I love this baby, I know I'm doing good things for this baby, I am also feeling some kind of way. And that some kind of way is very often very sexual or very orgasmic. And some women have even claimed that they have orgasm during um, breastfeeding. Now, I was a mom. I breastfed my eldest child, and I had those same cross my leg, and I cannot believe that this is happening to me, and I felt horrible. I felt so bad, like, this is not supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be feeling, you know, whistles and bells and, oh, this beautiful baby, and that was one great part of my experience. But my other experience was, what is happening in between my legs while this is happening? Well, you know, you talk about 20-something years ago, almost 30. Who do you talk to about that? Who do you say, hey, this is what I was feeling when I was breastfeeding my child? You say that to absolutely nobody because everybody's going to think you are a freak or you're crazy or you're sick or you're all of these things that a lot of women are now coming forward to ask the question, um, is this normal? Well, guess what? It's very normal for that to take place. So if anybody has ever felt that, we'd love for you to call in and talk about it because, you know, a lot of people don't believe that that took place or, or that it should take place, but it is very normal. And uh, according to some of our lactation consultants that we've, you know, gone to to find out about it, they basically say that it's a normal psychological response to lactation hormones. Of course, I'm reading this because, you know, I would not remember all of this information. But it says breastfeeding feels good. If it didn't, very few mothers would do it. It might help to understand what hormone responses are taking place. And this is what I was telling you before. As a baby nurses, prolactin, known as the mothering hormone, stimulates the body to manufacture manufacture the milk, and this hormone gives you a feeling of relaxation and well-being. That's the whistles and bells that you feel. This is so great. I'm giving my baby all of the things that it needs. And then you have oxytocin. I think I said that right. Another hormone secreted during breastfeeding, which causes uh, the breast to contract releasing milk into the ducts and the milk sinuses into the baby's mouth. And this is a hormone that's responsible for that tingling sensation that some mothers feel before milk um, ejection reflex or for what's called the letdown. And that's when you start feeling that cramping feeling or that tingly feeling. But it's also the one that's caused during an orgasm. So it's very common, it's very natural for those feelings to take place during breastfeeding. Now, having said all of that, when moms feel this for their children, they feel some kind of way about um, feeling bad. Some kids have even been taken into custody because they breastfed for a longer period of time. And these questions were asked, were you sexually aroused? Did you feel orgasmic? Because it has been known that this is happening. A natural, again, a very natural process is happening. But because they had to answer yes, their children have been taken from them, legally taken from them because they nursed, you know, past the one, past the two. Some of the mothers, um, 
I know a Colorado mom was um, taken to court because she breastfed her child up to five years old, and, you know, of course she had some arousals, and they took her child, but they were ordered to take the children back. In most cases, it's not a situation where it's a disgust or where the child is being put in harm's way of a pedophile. Um, it's an experience that is very natural and that happens because it's supposed to. The body is made to do what the body is made to do on all levels. So we know that the children are nourished. We know that the children, if they're fed longer, are more healthier. We know that mom may experience some arousals at the same time while she's connecting and bonding and feeling a relaxed state with the baby. We also know that it's one of the most healthiest things is to have breast milk and be breastfed. So why do we have stigmas? Why do we make people feel, quote-unquote, dirty, or why do we make them have some type of shame um, when it comes down to breastfeeding their children? Because if we do that, then people won't want to breastfeed, number one, or they won't want to breastfeed for a longer period of time. So in my opinion, I don't think that we should do that. I was a breastfed baby, and my mom explained to me that, you know, she was unable to feed me due to something, don't know what, but at the time, I had a wet nurse. You know, one of my family members was pregnant at the same time, and so I was a breastfed baby with a wet nurse. Some people look at that, oh, wow, that's dirty as well. That's another shameful thing. We have all of these things that bring people shame, which is really is shameful in itself. But if we want to take it back to biblical days for some of our our Christians and some of our people that, you know, profess other religions that believe that it's not something that should be, we have to take it all the way back. We can. We can take it to um, Exodus where the story of Moses when he was found by the Pharaoh's daughter, of course, she was in royalty. They were not going to, even if they gave birth, they were not going to give their babies their own breasts because they were identifying with beauty and and of high standards. So they found wet nurses, meaning they would go find a mother, usually a Hebrew, pay her to breastfeed their children, until the child was weaned. Weaning at that time usually was around, you know, some studies three, some studies say five. So, you know, that's up to the scholars. I'm not trying to to be a scholar here just giving you some information. Some studies say three, some studies say five. Well, there's even a, a study that says 30, but that's a whole nother situation. However, the wet nurse then would feed the child and mom would get paid, the the, the breastfeeding wet nurse. So she had a child at home she was feeding, then she fed the other child. So biblically, Moses was breastfed by a wet nurse who also happened to be unbeknowing to Pharaoh's daughter, his mother. So he had a you know, he had a whole different scenario according to the story, but he was fed by someone else. So now here we come all the way full circle and make wet nurses a thing of the past or something that shouldn't be. Well, I found out in my studies that there are milk banks, 
Yes, hold on to your seats because it is a true statement. And all of these findings I'm going to have available for you to kind of go and look them up yourself. Or, you know, you can always go to the powerful Google, as I did on many of these, and you'll be able to see that there are milk banks. Now, when I first saw that, I was kind of like, that's a little bit much for me even to take, and I'm pretty broad in most things. But then I started thinking about all of the families that mom may be having issues where she cannot feed her child, as my mother had the situation with me. And so where would you go? It's not like, you know, back in the day where you just walked up and said, hey, would you breastfeed my child? Not in the Western societies, in other societies you do. But in the Western society, you don't generally, you know, have a best friend that you're going to be able to, you know, ask her to breastfeed your baby or have a family member that's willing to do that. That's very few and far in between. So as I begin to think about it, I'm like, you know what, that's pretty cool. And then if you want to take it on the note of same gender loving people who have adopted a child, and they want to give that child just as much nutrients um, and they want to give that child the same opportunity to have less diseases and less infections and all of these other issues. So they go to milk banks and get donor milk. Is that amazing or what? I think it is. So... I'm looking and studying and going, wow, when did we do this and where was I? Because I think I may have decided to do that and given all of my children the same opportunity as I gave my oldest son for three weeks. Yeah, he only had it for three weeks. I couldn't do it another day. But nevertheless, I felt very proud because my doctor said to me, Jazzy, do it as as much and as long as you can to give your, your son, you know, uh a chance at having a better health. So nevertheless, you know, they have milk banks, and I I kudos to um, those of you that are same gender loving that want to do this or take opportunity to look into this and finding out. They definitely put moms through tremendous tests to make sure that they're not carrying diseases that you can pass off to the babies. So it's very safe. and you can go and get breast milk for your children. I know um, right here in Atlanta, Georgia, we just had um, one of the pastor, local pastors here. He and his partner just adopted a little girl, and, you know, they were voted one of the best couples, one of the top ten couples. Um, and, and I said, wow, this would be awesome for them. Don't know what they're doing, but this would be awesome for them and other couples who consider doing this. I thought it was just phenomenal. So I am now going to um, ask that you call in if you have a statement, if you want to talk to us about it, if you um, think it's great or you don't think it's great, if you want to call in to our blog talk show, you are welcome to do so at 347-826-7520. You can call in and either listen um, or you can call in and and give a comment or a statement. It would be phenomenal to have uh, some of our listeners who are are listening in to to comment. But nevertheless, we'll continue until we do that. We're going to tap right over into the hottest part of the topic, 
And again, I want to thank um, my friend Andy who submitted some information concerning adult breastfeeding. Now, again, I don't necessarily agree for it for me, but I don't have to agree with it to learn about it or to pass on the information. So uh, Andy called it and uh, she gave me her information, and so I'll share that with you because she wasn't able to actually physically come on the show. But I really wanted her input because Andy is such a international person. She's amazing. But um, her business associate, association, she's African Asian Business and Culture Exchange. Her comment was this, and I'm reading what, what she sent to me. She said, my experience with adult breastfeeding is not a personal one. As a member of many international social groups, I get asked to partake and review their activities. So to promote their presence in the local international aspect communities. When this group was brought to my attention, I did extensive research but only found a few private adult breastfeeding groups. Some of it seemed fit and some of it seemed fit for fantasy. Other groups were looking to reintroduce the idea of a woman's breast milk as a food source. Some even wanted it to replace the use of cow dairy. Remember we talked about it being, you know, we're the only species that goes outside of our species to actually drink milk, so that's what she was talking about. Well, she found top uses um, being breast milk ice cream, which I'll tell you about that finding, um, and then breast milk birthday cakes for children and infants, and then breast milk confections for families to enjoy in the privacy of their home. And I know we have a caller, caller. I'm going to come to you in just a minute. Let me finish this. Tell me about Andy, and I'll be right on with you if you can hold just a minute. Thanks. Introducing breastfeeding to adults outside the home is on the rise. There have been some sites that discussed the milk being regulated by the FDA and sold. I have no update on whether or not this is still in progress. The top suggested uses for breast milk outside the home were dairy alternatives and specialty shops like tea shops um, where a small group gather for delicate pastries. The global scale, breastfeeding a child well into their early toddler years, which we already discussed, is still practiced. I've noticed, she says, in many immigrant communities in the U.S., Parents are hoping to get their child off of the woman's breast milk early because both parents are working or ready to get back into the workforce and can't feed their children past the age of two without interfering with the workplace. That's sad as I have come to understand that breast milk has many benefits and supposedly keeps children healthy longer. We discussed that. Now, sexually, this is what she stated. There are breastfeeding groups where you can feed from a lactating female, woman who's already had a child, she's still producing milk, for the pure pleasure, usually sexual, of it. It has been said that there are herbs and natural elements to reactivate lactation in women who have stopped breastfeeding or who would like to start. I've only heard, mind you, she's stating she heard, that it works and she does not know of anyone who's used them. 
There are also manual stimulation exercises that supposedly help the production of milk in a woman's body. And again, those were things that she read and was not told about and haven't seen. No matter what, she says, we can safely say breast milk is becoming a very sought-after source of nutrients in all ages. So having read that, Andy, I want to say thank you again for bringing this to our attention, and I'm going to allow the caller to come on. Caller, are you there? Hello? Caller, are you there? Okay, well, we're going to wait until the caller can come back in. But, Andy, I appreciate you. Caller, are you there? Okay, I thought I heard them come in. Nevertheless, we appreciate... um, I appreciate Andy for sending us that fantastic piece of information about what you found. And I did also do some research and found that there is an ice cream shop in London, a breast milk ice cream shop. And they sell um, breast milk ice cream called Baby Gaga, (laughs) like Lady Gaga. Um, They... It's amazing. I actually have a clip on it. I'm going to try to see if the caller is here, and if not, we'll play the clip. Caller, are you there with us now? No? Okay. Well, I'm going to see. Hello? I'm going to see if I can um, find this for you, guys, because I thought it was so amazing. So I do want to play this clip about uh, the breast milk ice cream hit London stores, and it was so funny because they put the um, ice cream up. It's called Baby Gaga Breast Milk Ice Cream, and uh, I've got to let you hear what they said about it. Hang on one second. I hear you cry as you choke on your cornflakes. Well, not so, according to its somewhat eccentric creator, Ice Creamist's founder, Matt O'Connor. It's pure, it's natural, it's organic, and it's free range. If it's good enough for our kids, it's good enough to use in our ice cream. You like it? In response to an internet advert, literally some women came forward to provide bottles of milk for the publicity-hungry Covent Garden Creamery. I was very impressed that I managed to donate... It was about nine ounces, which is pretty much a full baby's bottle, bottle worth. But what does the average man on the street think? Well, I say average man on the street. I mean, what do the poshest girls in the world think of breast milk ice cream? It's a really disgusting thought, seeing it's like breast milk, but I'm trying it. It's really good. So, yeah. It just tastes like normal vanilla ice cream. The breast milk is screened to hospital standards, but it does seem to have a strange effect on people's voices. It's definitely impressive. Let's hear that again. It's definitely impressive. Disturbing. The owner of the store seems outraged at people's disgust and surprise. I imagine he's also appalled at the amount of easy publicity it's generating. How could... So that's a little bit of um, the breast milk ice cream that um, was, was premiered in London. Subsequently, guys, that was actually pulled... And they did this huge, huge thing about it where they felt like um, it was just 
an outrage. Now, mind you, this particular young man had gone so far as to make sure that anybody who donated breast milk and all of the breast milk that he got was sent through a rigorous um, series of tests. So he couldn't just pop it on and it would just be, you know, hey, here you go and do whatever you want to do. He really did all of the research to make sure that he, you know, covered all grounds. Um, and then they pulled it. Well, then they sent it through all of the tests to make sure that it was okay and it was actually put back on the market. So if ever you over in London, you may want to try some breast milk ice cream. If you decide to try it, let me know. Please call me back. I will have you as a guest on the show. Okay, so let me see if the caller is finally in. Caller, are you here? Nope, I guess that caller just will have to call me back. But I wanted to also say that, um, again, because breast milk has been proven to have so many benefits, that is why you have so many people who are lobbying to um, have breast milk outside of the infancy stage used in foods, used in, you know, as as Andy said, in pastries and different things or pastry shops and your teas and different things like that. So, um, you know, it, it's just it's one of those things. Again, you may not agree, but it's good to know about it. And if you, you know, if you're so daring to try, um, to actually try the ice cream itself, hey, it might not be a bad idea. Okay, I'm going to try one more time to see if my caller is online. Caller, are you here? Yes. Hi, who is this? This is Lady Barbara Phil. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lady um, Barbara I'm Phil. I'm sorry I'm you? so late. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're, you're never late on this show. As long as we're going, you are welcome. Okay. Cool. So what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on our whole topic? We've, we've covered all the way from baby to toddler to... Um, women being aroused with breastfeeding to wet nurses, and we're going right over into adult breastfeeding and the uses of adult, uh, of breast milk. So what are your thoughts? Okay, well, I just um, got to, well, I just heard the part about the uh, ice cream. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting. But um, my thoughts are, I would say, like, in the mid-'90s, my mom had a doctor friend who was uh, doing a study over at Emory to mm-hmm. um, get women to not use um, deodorant mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it was causing cancer. But, um, how, you know, I'm just kind of, like, confused. But um, how are they preserving the ice cream? You know, I'm curious about that, but... I don't know. I don't know if that's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's just like I was stating, and we're going to post um, some things, especially on Facebook, and you'll be able to get some other information um, from the Loudmouth Radio Network. But this guy, according to, and I, you know, I have the the information. We're going to post it. This actually came off of NPR.org, which is one of my favorite uh, news public radio stations. But really, he had to go through so much just to make sure that it was safe and it was okay. And I'm imagining that, you know, if you're an ice creamist, that you know all of the ins and outs of how ice cream is made. Think about it mm-hmm. from this standpoint. If you have to do all those things with cow milk, cows, an animal, yeah. 
Yes. You have to go through the same process to make sure animal's milk is good for you. You have to make sure all of the, you know, that the animals don't have any mad cow disease and all of those things before you start the process of the creamery. What is the difference if you get past the stigma, if we can just take the stigma off just for a second? It's milk. It's coming right. from an, a right. human animal, mammal, whatever you want to call us, okay? Mm-hmm. We are another animal in the process, and so here's the milk being used for our own kind to make mm-hmm. ice cream or to be fed or to whatever we want to do with it when it comes down to consumption. Why is it so different for us to, to wrap our minds around it. Now, mind you, I'm asking this not necessarily to you alone, just in general, because when this was first brought to my attention, I really had to sit down and go, hmm. Now, from a, from a media personality and having a show, great topic. It's a controversial topic. It's a yes, people mm-hmm. are going to listen and, and want to know more about it kind of topic. But just me sitting down saying, wow, Jazzy, that is really interesting. And why would I feel so grossed out about it other than the fact that it's never been introduced to me from a stage that I could accept it freely? You see what I mean? Well, so I he had to go through everything, my, yeah. My thoughts are behind it is, is it healthy? It's, I mean, I, cow's milk will never be healthy because I just feel like an animal's milk was never meant to be in a human. So, right. Um, with the milk being pure and coming from the woman, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's the most healthiest thing to be for a human. Right. Yes, I agree. I, I mean, I now totally, I, just, I mean, and it's it's almost like I'm sitting back like, I can't believe I agree with this. <laughs> but it's very, very true. It is extremely true that it would make the most common sense to have yeah. ice cream made by milk that's made for humans. Right. Right? So, yeah, in my findings, I just was I was amazed and then amazed that it would be pulled after he went through all of, you know, it's just like because you're a barber, so, and I'm a cosmetologist as well. So we have to go through all of the processes and all of the preliminaries to become that, to become <laughs> licensed. We have to study. We have, you know, books that are thicker than most people think. And information that we have to know that most people don't know we have to know. So after we've done all of the things to get those licenses, for somebody then to come back and go, oh, I don't think you really deserve the license because maybe you didn't go through all the all of the tests to get that um, approved or to get your, your status. And so for somebody to take it, it took away his livelihood for a moment. It, it wrecked havoc on um, his credibility, but then to turn around now and, and for them to go, oh, yeah, by the way, you did do what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. So I, I would suggest to you, you know, as we post it, I'll definitely have it posted on Facebook, the uh, link for you to kind of go mm-hmm. and look at it. You, It's easy to go on Google and just put breast milk ice cream, and it will pull it all the way up for you. Okay. Okay, but I, I just mm-hmm. I find it interesting. But it's so many recipes. They even have um, a breast milk recipe book that <laughs> shows you how to make all of these sauces and gravies. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm a visual person, so does that mean 
We make chocolate milk. <laughs> you can, you, we make chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, my God. My producer's letting me know that the, the link is actually, um, if you go to Facebook, if you go to Loudmouth Online, oh, you'll God, be able so to <laughs> facebook.com slash loudmouth online. You'll be able to find all of the links of the things that we're talking about or most of the things that we're talking about. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's 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 amazing. But what I wanna do now, um, Phyllis, I really appreciate you calling in. Uh, and and just give a plug about who you are and what you do. Phyllis has worked with me on some other things. Um Bareheads and Barely There is another one of my companies, and, and we do amazing things with photos and productions to give voices to women about their causes. And if this happens to be one of your causes, whether whether it be breastfeeding, whether it be long lactation, adult breastfeeding, or breast ice cream, hello, hit me up and we can do some things. But Phyllis, go ahead and give a quick plug about who you are and what you do real quick, and then I'm going to let you listen to another video. Well, um I'm a lady barber and an artist and writer. And I had the opportunity of working with Miss um, Jazzy Jones with her Bare Heads project with women who um, either had uh, cancer or, you know, some form of disease that maybe their hair wouldn't uh, grow back or, you know, they were just ready to get rid of it. And so um, my thing was, is that I feel that I have healing hands and a ministry to help women to overcome being, um, you know, self-conscious, just be themselves and become more comfortable and to know it's okay to uh, be without hair. And you can see that uh, through Robin Roberts. Oh, my God, right? She's amazing. Uh She's amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, Phyllis is a fantastic barber. Guys, tell them where they can reach you really quickly. Oh, okay. Um, well, my number is 678-851-2947, or you can uh, email me at parart.llc at gmail.com. Or just contact me through Miss Jazzy Jones. Yep, because I will definitely let you know. Phyllis, thank you so much for calling, and just keep listening. we got a, a, a bigger one to come. Okay. Thanks a lot, hon. Okay, guys, so now that we know about the breast milk ice cream, and, yep, it is there, breast milk gravies and a whole bunch of other recipes, and I'll send you that link in just a few minutes. want to go right into um, TLC has a program called Strange Sex, and I absolutely adore it because why? This show is about love, life, sex, and flowers. So, of course, sex would be a part of that, and TLC goes into... Um, a part of this this program this evening where we were talking about adults um, who love breastfeeding. And, you know, some of it is erotic, some of it is for fantasy and just sexual pleasure. And we found this one, I'll, I'll give you the link for it, but we found this one that came on and it was talking about this particular couple and um, the part that you're going to hear doesn't talk about all of this, but how it cured his erectile dysfunction. So I'm going to play that for you in just a few minutes. 
um, right after a commercial break, you're going to hear that next video. So we're going to take a brief moment because we have some awesome sponsors. So I want you to just take a second, hold on to your seats because this is going to just shock you continually, which I am so glad about. This episode is being sponsored by Scarlet Place Apartments, considered to be South Atlanta's hidden gem offering one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes. Scarlet Place is a fabulous location only minutes from Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport and only a few miles from major interstates and downtown Atlanta. Residents of this community enjoy amenities such as vaulted ceilings, crown molding, wash and dryer connections, fully equipped electric kitchens with spacious floor plans. Work out in our new fitness center or simply relax by the pool. We invite you to call us for more information and schedule a personalized tour. Scarlet Place Apartments, see why our residents love to call us home. Our number is 470-315-1194. And don't forget to tell them that Loudmouth Radio sent you. Fantastic. Um, we do appreciate Scarlet Place Apartment um, community. They have just been a phenomenal, phenomenal supporter since we started our um, taping. So we do really appreciate them. Okay, so having said all of that, we're going to go into a video, um, and so you guys can't see the video, but you can hear it. But this was taped last year, June 26, I believe of 2012, and then I believe it was aired in July. So just sit back and get ready to hear TLC Strange Sex Taping about adult breastfeeding. I became pregnant with my daughter Ayla. It was our first child together, and he was very excited, especially as I started getting bigger and showing more. One of the first changes this was my breast had started to get bigger, which, of course, excited Jeff because he's a boob guy. There are individuals out there that get turned on by feet, turned on by spanking, turned on by cars. I get turned on by drinking my wife's breast milk and getting her pregnant. A fetish is when someone is sexually aroused by a particular behavior that is unconventional, and they're dependent on that in order to be sexually aroused and achieve orgasm. My interest in breastfeeding was not fully realized until after our daughter was born and Michelle was nursing her. And it was something that I felt like, you know what, I'd actually like to try it. Ayla was probably about six months old the first time he had breastfed from me. I told him, if I don't like it, you're not going to be able to do it. But when Jeff started feeding from me, it was very erotic. The first time I breastfed from Michelle, I just latched on and the milk started flowing and it was just such a huge turn on. I had to stop because otherwise I would have finished right then and there. It was that much of a turn on. Breasts are not just for nurturing the baby. They are also a very sensual sexual object and the milk flowing from your breast does not have to be for the baby. If you have excess, might as well make use of it. That was aired one more time on Season 3 
of TLC's Strange Sex, and that was done last year. So when I heard that and saw that, I was like, okay, all righty then. Um, But again, guys, whether I agree with it or not, some people are doing this, and it is a, from my understanding, a very vast community that really are turned on by um, the idea of their wives or their girlfriends. Um, I found out that some people have private clubs where this is a total fetish and an erotica for them. And so, you know, they really have um, partners, almost like swingers in a sense, but it is for the sheer enjoyment, usually in a partnered relationship. It's for the uh, sheer enjoyment of being turned on by um, their lactating wives or their lactating girlfriends or, or persons that have made those decisions to be together. So this particular young man, and you can see, and I'll send that over so you can, um, you guys can look up this, this video. It's a brief video, but uh, it's a lot of information about it. And if you have, uh, I guess, what on demand or one of the, the cable-ready um, channels, you'll be able to find TLC Strain 6, and maybe you can pull it up. But this particular man really claimed that it helped him with erectile dysfunction. And he had apparently, you know, gone to the doctor and they wanted to prescribe or either he was on something at one point. And um, he claimed that, yep, this definitely helped him out. And I just find that kind of interesting, just kind of interesting. (laughs) Initially, he would try different things to to help him with um, the erectile dis, um, disorder. And the first thing he did was he used to bite his wife's breast, and it was called vampirism. And he they wanted to be on the show with, you know, strange sex. And from what I understand, the show was like, nah, we don't kind of want to do that one. But when he got into, you know, drinking his wife's milk, they were like, yeah, that's pretty strange. Just come right on on the show. So um, don't know how you all feel about it. would love to have your thoughts on it. Uh, again, I appreciate Phyllis for calling in and, and letting us know some of her thoughts. Do we have any more callers brave enough to come on in and ask questions or give a thought? If you do, just press 1 when you're, uh, for those of you that might be holding, but if not, if you want to call into the show, if you want to chat, You can actually call in at 347-826-7520. Again, that number is 347-826-7520. I know earlier in the day we had some different people calling and telling us all about their breastfeeding experience, um, whether they breastfed their children or whether they, um, whether they, all parents or grandparents at the time breastfeeding and, you know, maybe some of the stigmas or not that they experienced or heard about. I know, you know, like I said initially in the show, man, I grew up, it, it was so just the norm to see it, to watch it, to observe it. It was very, very natural. And I didn't think anything less of it. I actually, like most prejudiceness, I had to be taught that it was something quote-unquote dirty or nasty or not natural or shouldn't be done. 
And so, you know, as you grow into those thoughts, you begin to adapt to the thinking if you are not conscious enough to recognize that you shouldn't really think that way or that it might not be best or beneficial for you to think that way. So, you know, just like most people in in the Western society, hey, I was like, no, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. So now that I'm learning so much, even in this research about breast milk and, um, you know, some of the benefits and some of the eroticas about it, it has really made me go, wow, as I stated earlier. So, again, I would love to have you call in and um, just give me your thoughts about it because I think it's a phenomenal topic that we brought up. And I really appreciate you as the audience allowing me to be free to speak. Um, didn't have a voice for a very long time to say what was on my mind or what I thought about. But uh, I always talked a lot, just didn't say all of the things that I did. And, boy, if I did, wow, don't even know if I would have any topics left because I talk a lot and we all know that. That's why I have a show. But um, I really do appreciate all of you for listening and for taking part in asking some of the questions and or calling in because it really makes me know that I'm on my right path and I'm all about being on the right path now. So having said all of those thank yous and kudos, please do call in and uh, give us your thoughts about it and um, let's have a discussion. But wanted to bring up the next seat holder Get yourselves prepared because I don't even know if you're ready for this one. This one has been seriously controversial. And um, when I saw it, I just really went, hmm. Now, you would think after all of the stuff you just heard, I was done being hmm. But this one was uh, an article that I found out about the breastfeeding baby doll. Okay, I'm going to just give you a moment to catch up with that one. Okay, maybe you got it. Okay, yeah. So it's a breastfeeding baby doll that was introduced. Hold on. I'm not laughing. I'm really not laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing. Anyway, um, it's a breastfeeding baby doll that ABC coined in 2009 as too real for comfort. <laughs> It was a doll that was created to imitate the act of breastfeeding, again, making it a very natural uh, way of life, you know, that you not only had a baby, but, you know, mommies would breastfeed the baby and that you would imitate that so that when you grew up and you wanted to become a mommy, that you would go ahead and start breastfeeding the baby. Now, from that note, taking, again, the stigmas off of breastfeeding. It's excellent to have our children, if they're going to imitate us, imitate us being loving and nurturing. Imitate us, you know, um, giving our babies the best chance at life naturally. So from that end, fantastic. From my hmm kind of thought, I'm like, do I really want my little girl, my granddaughters, to have breastfeeding baby dolls? I don't know, simply because in today's society, they're going to go to school and they're going to talk about their breastfeeding baby dolls and then you're going to have social services at your house talking about some inappropriate behavior. I already know where that's going and those are my thoughts about it, but uh, I want to hear your thoughts about the baby doll. (laughs) I want to hear your thoughts about the breastfeeding baby doll. 
Um, again, I'm going to post as fast as I can all of these things so you'll be able to see uh, just what I found in my research. And again, just amazing. I was at my other job today, and I have one of the best bosses in the absolute world. She is just Wow, if everybody could be so fortunate to have one of mine, which you don't, I have her, she's all mine anyways. Um, but I was so excited about finding this information. She was just looking at me like, you're absolutely nuts. Because <laughs> I got so excited. I'm like, look at this. Look, in case you don't call into the show, look at this. Think about this. Oh, my God. So it's so funny. Um uh, but when I saw this, I was like, man, this is really stretching me and my openness. But I want to say, guys, that I really am open to understanding and seeing um, and learning because it's remarkable the things that you learn just by researching. It's remarkable um, learning things from other cultures. So I am excited to see all of these. It's just kind of Kind of strange, kind of weird, kind of different, I would say. None of those things are bad. It's just different. But um, I'll give you a little bit of information. This doll um, is currently sold in Spain, this particular company, because I did find it was a few uh, other companies. Um, And the company makes the toy, and it was said to be marketed in the United States. Major controversy whether we were going to get this doll in the States because of the stigmas that we do have on breastfeeding. But again, the doll allows children to imitate the act of breastfeeding by using a special halter top that comes with the toy. Now, the halter top is made from a colorful material with two flowers positioned on the nipples. Uh huh. When the mouth of the doll is brought close to the sensor on the flower, the baby begins to make motions and sounds that sounds like suckling. Like the baby's actually suckling um, close to the little girl. I know y'all want to just blow up the phones right now. I know, I know, because I did too. But, hey, this was the baby. So, <laughs> um, Caesar, I think his name is Bronabu. It's it's some other language, so if I didn't pronounce it right, guys, please don't hold it against me. I only speak this language, okay? But nevertheless, the abcnews.com psychologists and teachers were consulted in the development of the toy and that it has been um, geared toward the approval of an association, meaning that they are pro-breastfeeding organization out of Spain. They want everything to be natural. They want everything to be... Um, okay with breastfeeding, and that was the whole idea of this particular doll. Their statement was, we realized that the reaction was so positive with girls when they did a promo. You know, anytime you're presenting something, you always get all of these um, people to come out and test the product. So they tested with all of these girls, and when they were imitating their moms, they saw that they reacted to the doll like it was a little sister, Okay, they were feeding their little sister, just taking care of the baby. Their faces of happiness said it all, and they wanted to bring this doll over to the United States. So now, however, there's a video apparently on YouTube that has been met with remarks the doll is over-sexualizing young girls or forcing girls to grow up too quickly or teaching young girls about a natural part of motherhood. 
Now, I know some of my friends have said, you know, we've had this discussion about should little girls play only with dolls? Should only little girls play with this doll? And now that we have so many same gender loving people, should a little boy play with this doll? Is it okay for him to have that same bonding time? Because fathers who, you know, in a in a heterosexual um, relationship, there are many fathers that feel left out when they are not a part of the actual breastfeeding moments that mom has with the baby. So now they have all of the birthing pillows, and those pillows are made for dads to hold the baby close while he's bottle feeding breast milk to to the baby so that he has that same closeness. So, you know, some of my friends and I had talked about, you know, children being identified with only, quote-unquote, girl things and, quote-unquote, boy things. So uh, the controversy is, is it over-sexualizing our children, making them talk too early about sex, make them talk about motherhood and fatherhood when they're very young? My idea on it is this. I think that each child is different, and I think that children should be taught about sex very early simply because we are in a society that all not all people are nice. And if you don't tell your children about sex and the responsibilities of it, then you're going to have a child that may be in a situation where they don't need to be or want to be. So I think it's important to talk about you know sex early with your children personally. I did with my children. However, I don't think that it's over-sexualizing. My fear, I think, or my concern, I wouldn't say fear, my concern about this baby doll if it if it came to the States, and it may even, I think I did read an article. I have to double-check because I want to be correct to what I'm saying. I think I did read an article that it was finally approved because this was an article that I found was 2009, but I think I have one that's more current. And I think it was approved to finally come to the States But my concern is this, if you brought that doll here and it's okay and in a safe environment in your household, not all safe things at home are safe things in school. And safe things in school, I mean safe things at home, once it's put out in the public, you are now scrutinized. So if you're not a strong parent or if you are not teaching your children that you may not always be liked or accepted because of your belief, and that's with anything, whether it's this doll, adult breastfeeding, breastfeeding period, um, wearing some sneakers or wearing some high heels. It doesn't really matter what it is. If you're not teaching your children that they are independent and they can be strong and they can believe a certain way, then they're going to hit some things that they may not be able to handle. Matter of fact, you as a family may be hit with some things that you're not ready to handle. So I don't know... Um, I'm kind of on the fence with the doll itself just because of that. Um, There was a statement that says, "Um, I heard people talking about it, but honestly, I thought it was a joke. And then there are things that I think kids are too little to understand or um, that they're worried that their boys saw the toy, that they would be confused because neither of them were breastfed. So this particular person's concern was, that the child would feel like, well, why didn't I get all of the great, good, good? So a lot of controversy uh, happened over the the breastfeeding doll baby. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it if you want to call in and, and, you know, just talk about it, ask a question, or just give your comment. The number again is 347-826-7444. 
347-826-7520. Again, 347-826-7520. We'd love to hear your thoughts just about the entire show and um, what you may or not feel is appropriate for you or appropriate for someone else. Okay, so call us in, but I will continue to go forward. Uh, we're not going to be on the show very, very long tonight. We had um, one of my newer psychologists and um, therapists that are, is join our, joining our panel as far as a call in and giving us some information. Wasn't able to be on the show. I was really looking forward to that. But, you know, things come up and people have other things to do, and that's quite okay because we plan on being on air for the long term and bringing you topics that really, you know, hit home. Some of them, like this, may not always hit um, people directly, but indirectly you may know somebody who have either experienced some of these things, whether it be the stigmas of or the desire to. And if so, you may want to share, hey, there's a show that you can go archive if you didn't get a chance to listen to it tonight. You may want to go archive it and look up some of the things that we talked about or just feel okay that you think the same way or feel okay that you don't think the same way because you know what? This show is not about judging. Um, It's about being who you are authentically and and just being your true self. And sometimes true self means a self-discovery daily. It doesn't mean that you came to a conclusion, aha, and you know thyself, because self grows and changes on a daily basis. So we invite people to go online, post on loudmouthradio.com, tell us what you think about it, tell us, you know, just your yes, your no's, your maybes. I know we did get someone online that said that they were over in Manchester, England, listening to the show and laughing about the Baby Gaga ice cream. <laughs> And they said that they may go try to find it tomorrow. I told them, please, please, please do let me know um, all about it and that they were just happy and, and interested at what they were learning listening to the show. So, you know, that's always what I pose to do is to bring information and to bring current events, old events, um, things that get you to move out of your box, things that I'm not afraid to talk about. So I really appreciate all of you um, for listening and calling in. I do think we have a a caller. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Hi, who's this? This is Tiffany from Atlanta. Hi, Tiffany from Atlanta. I am so glad to hear from you. What do you think about our show? I love it, and I listened last week as well, and I called in. <laughs> I remember. I remember smooches and smooches for calling again. You can call every Tuesday. You can just be my guest and <laughs> Tiffany's back. <laughs> so, you know, you're a big grown mom with, with two kids, right? With the, with three. Three children, mm-hmm. three children. Yeah, you're you're superior hero, Shiro. So, yeah, I don't know how I left <laughs> that one out. We have the same number of kids at this point. Um, so did you breastfeed your children? I did. Now, my first one was um, born too early, so I couldn't breastfeed him. But my second one, I only did it for about two weeks because I was overwhelmed with having two kids. And, right. and I so I really, I really made an effort to try with my third child. Now, with her, I um, I breastfed her for seven weeks straight, no formula, no nothing, not even wow. pumping. Oh and my that God. was awesome. 
That was really? awesome. It was awesome because the the bonding was just was just so great. And then I was like, wow, you know, God made us so wonderful. Okay. You know, it's like <laughs> okay. I didn't. Uh, it was just amazing. Like I didn't worry about pumping my milk. I just I just fed her straight from me, and it was really helpful on those tired nights because you know I would just like prop her up and lay her next to me, and she would automatically unlatch when she was full. <laughs> 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 so with 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 your daughter, she just latched right on. You didn't have any problems. I didn't you know, have, like some moms do. Some moms do mm-hmm. have problems with breastfeeding. I didn't have any problems with um with my second and my third baby latching at all. They latched perfect. Matter of fact, my daughter, she would sometimes use it like a pacifier. And I'm right, like, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. seen moms, you know, because I, like I stated, I was only able to breastfeed my my oldest for three weeks, but um, I've seen moms breastfeed their children, and the babies are just like, you know, hey, mom, how you doing? Let me hold that for a minute. I'm good. I'm okay. And, they, you know, they pop it in, pop it out, and, You know, I'm looking at it like, wow, I just could never do it for me personally. I don't have anything against breastfeeding. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It is. I mean, I do. And and kudos to you for doing it for as long as you did, you know, with your daughter and just doing it, period, with your children. But I, I, I sit back and I watch like this baby really is like this is just absolutely fantastic. It is. Wow. Awesome. So now, what do you think, since you were a breastfed, um, breastfeeding mom, what do you think about the breastfeeding baby doll? Now, <laughs> that, <laughs> I think it's a little much for a young child. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it for my daughter. I mean, and as you said, you know, cultures are different. Mm-hmm, I can just mm-hmm. say that if I did, I would definitely stay in my house. <laughs> See, that's my thought. That is really my thought that even if it was something that I would do, it would have to be a closet thing. And, and you know, for me, I don't want to be closeted. I don't want to be closeted about anything that I believe in, that I feel. And, and the funny part is if I truly believed in it for me, and not to say that I don't, I believe, you know, if it's right for you, it's right for you. But for me, I would have to be like, let me stand on the housetop and tell everybody that I got a breastfeeding baby doll for my granddaughters, you know, um, and I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't see myself now, doing that. That that's for me again. For me, and I always say that for me, because you know I know that I'm going to offend people regardless, because I don't believe necessarily the way that some people believe. So I'm not tiptoeing around offending someone, although it's not my intention to do so. I just will naturally because somebody's not going to like my voice, my topics. You know, my hair, my right. eyes, whatever. So, but at the same time, I just, I just have to believe in it for me, and I don't believe in it that it would fit me and my lifestyle or my my grandkids. At this point, it would be for my grandkids. So, I couldn't do it. But now, the, what what do you think about the breast milk ice cream gravy recipes? Blah blah blah. Now that <laughs> that's pretty interesting, isn't it? I would be a little squeamish. But um, like I said, now I did I didn't get aroused when I was breastfeeding my children, but okay. um, 
I did find it kind of erotic if when my husband would um, suck from my breast when I was lactating. Right. I thought that was I I, I thought that was pretty hot. <laughs> I am going to give you a gold medal, listeners, guests, radio audience. Do you hear the shero that is not afraid? to speak on this subject. And just let me let you guys know, this woman is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous, okay? Beautiful young mother, young wife, and just so not afraid to say, hey, this is where it is and this is what, what went on. I could, okay, so producer, we need to give her, like, the gold star medal, so could you make sure to have that ready? Just a little throw up there for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that that's great. I'm so glad that you are taking the stigma off of it because it happens and people are making it be such a dirty thing when, you know, if you're if you're a mother and you still want to be intimate with your husband, um, milk is gonna come out. It just is. Yeah, and um and he actually liked the taste of it. And so, um and so of course me, since he said that I was like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. Let me try it. And it it did have like a it's a, a sweet really taste. nice Swedish yeah, it was yeah. a a sweet, creamy taste. So I would probably, I might try that ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, that was going to be my next question to you, and to say, you know, because a lot of times when you are getting the milk ready, like some people, you know, with warm milk or whatever, and just, you know, to making sure that it's okay, you taste it. You, you, you know, you do taste it, so you know what. Um, and sometimes, just out of curiosity, what is this baby feeding off of? You know, what, right. is, it, what is it like? But it is a little sweeter in taste, um, way different than cow milk, way, way different. Right, so, and much yeah, healthier. I can totally see that. And yeah. research has even shown that, you know, babies prefer the taste of um, breast milk to regular um, milk or formula because right. it is sweeter. But think about it. Like I said in the earlier part of the show, it's natural. So why, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't you like to have what's natural? It it just an, it's just for lack of a better word, it's a natural progression of what you should be desiring. And you know what? Honestly, if I would have been able to do it longer, I probably would have gave it to my other kids. <laughs> But you know what? That's the controversy. It has that a lot of health is, benefits. Yes, I wouldn't have put them to my breast now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like have done that. that but <laughs> that Time magazine, and I'm I'm gonna definitely have to to post that. The Time magazine picture of the woman um, that she's nude, and her son is standing there in full clothes, and he's breastfeeding. He looks like he's about seven years old. It was a oh major, my oh, my God, it was a major thing that they, and but it brought up the idea of um, of breastfeeding for a longer time and how so many people were against it and feeling like it was just the mother's desire for lack of, you know, I'm not going to be really politically correct, but for her ability to get off on her son sucking. And I just said, like, no, it would never be for me. That just wouldn't be me. But for those oh, no. that it for, no, I can't do five, six, and seven. You know, mm, I can't do it. But <laughs> No, my boys are five and seven, and I couldn't yeah, can imagine, you imagine that. No. Hi, honey, come up and just get your milk. Mommy wants to feed you. I can't even imagine that for me. But for those that do, I'd no longer put you in the judgmental, shame, disgust mode because what you're doing for your child is absolutely amazing. 
Now, if if you're forcing, to me, now that's when it becomes overbearing for me. When you're forcing that baby to do it, and the baby is like, "Look, I'm done. I'm, right. I'm really good. I'm good. I am so good." <laughs> right. Then maybe we can start saying, "Mom, you might want to let the baby go. Not even let the baby go of the breast, but you might want to let the baby go." Because at that point, the child is saying, I'm really okay. And right. if you still, again, like you're saying, if you still wanted to, you know, express your milk and still, you know, give your child milk because it's it's a natural process, then do that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm so proud of you. I mean, I get prouder and prouder every week. This is really groovy. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so I appreciate you calling in, my love. I'm going oh, to continue to post. Please go online again, and um, if you want to see any of these things um, on loudmouthradio.com, or you're able to, uh, I think it's loudmouthradio.com. Yeah, you're able to pull up some of these things and can see, you know, some of the the stuff that we're talking about. Loudmouthradio.com will have some of the the information, all of the information that we're posting. But thank you, baby. We appreciate you calling. Oh, you're welcome, honey. <laughs> I am so happy for my Shiro. She called in and, and just gave us some, some other great um, great information. Callers, please don't be squirmish. We already have one person to jump out there and just tell the story. So if you want to call in, please call us at 347-826-7520. If you have a comment, if you have a question, um, hopefully we'll be able to answer that for you. Uh, just, you know, put it out there and let people know that, you know what, it's okay. You can be young or old. Last caller, Tiffany is a very young, beautiful uh, young woman who has shared with us just what breastfeeding has done for her and um, with her children as well as her husband. And, again, kudos, 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 because it's real, and a lot of people don't recognize that it is real. So, again, we do appreciate her. Um, I really appreciate this topic more than you can ever imagine because it's just been so many people that have um, expressed this to me for a very long time about breastfeeding. As a hairstylist, as you heard Phyllis and I talk on earlier, um, being a cosmetologist in three different states for over 20 years, almost 30 actually, I started very young, and you hear every single story known to mankind in the barbershop and in the hair salon, you hear every single story. So I've for a long time heard people talk about breastfeeding and talk about how um, it was an arousal and how they really didn't want to talk about it. And those were you know, stories that you really couldn't share with anybody else because of fear. So, again, if you have any stories that you want to tell us and you have any questions about it, you know, call us in and let's talk about it. I don't have any more sound bites or, or videos to tell you about. I can find you some if you like. But uh, I was asked that question, did I have any more? I don't have any more, um, but I do love the ones that I did find because, again, it just excited me to know some of the information that's out there that sometimes we miss out on. But I am interested to look up, maybe I'll look that up while I'm sitting here, that YouTube video um, on the baby doll, because the baby doll just really blew my mind, like completely shocked me, floored me. I uh, wasn't ready for that one at all, period. But let me see, can I find the YouTube one on the demonstration 
of the breastfeeding baby doll. If I find it, I definitely will will play it for you. Give me just a second, and and let's see, can we find that? Hold on. I think I may have found something for our listeners concerning this baby doll. Um, hang on a sec. Hold on. You know you can find everything on YouTube. Oh, my God, it's actually a little girl. I did find it, guys. I'm going to post this because I don't know if it's any sound. My, if it is, my sound has stopped working. Oh, no, there it is. Did y'all hear the sucking? <laughs> I love it. It's actually a little girl and the baby. Do you hear that sucking? Wow. This is serious. Okay, let me copy that so I can send that to you like immediately. Hilarious. 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 It is um, the baby. It has the halter just like the article says, and I, it's playing still in the background. Where the baby doll cries, and she sucks um, just like mommy would do with the baby. This is, and burps. Shut up, people. It's called Bebe Gloton, I believe it's called Bebe. You know, like the French of Bebe. Wow. Interesting. So you guys will be able to find that online. On loudmouth radio. <laughs> Let me start laughing. Let me start laughing. My question to you guys is, you know, several. But how do you feel? I would love to, even if you don't call in, I would love to have some of you post and just tell us how you you feel about it, what you think about it. Um, would you drink breast milk? Would you drink um, breast milk products? You know, like in teas or gravies or, you know, any of those food recipes, would you stop as one of our listeners is saying, would you go over and try the Baby Gaga ice cream? What would you do with breast milk is the question of the evening, whether it be in supplements or foods, or would you actually um, do adult breastfeeding? Interesting to know, interesting to know. So, you know, send us some information. Let us know how you feel about it, what you think about it. Um, I would just love to hear it, even if it's for further references. I might, you know, reference back and say, hey, from the last show, somebody made this statement or a comment. It's just very interesting to know. I'm going to actually stop for a quick break and um, have our sponsor mentioned again because we don't want to ever not mention that our sponsors are standing behind us, working with us, and allowing us to be on air. We do have some advertisement. Um, you can find all of this information out of how you can advertise with some of our shows. And guys, don't be alarmed, but even though we are a new show, um, we're not a, a new network. Loudmouth Radio Network has been around for a little bit. Um, had to revamp and restructure, and we're starting out on speed 7,000, and we're just going forward so far with um, all of the shows combined, and it's currently three shows. They're getting ready to add um, other shows, so definitely be listening out. But we have an awesome producer. Um, Sabrina Sunnyspoon-Smith is amazing at what she does. Don't take her lightly. She's that little sleeping giant, but she does an amazing job, so... 
we do have some advertising spots, and you can get in touch with her so that you can know how to advertise on our show. We definitely have some some great shows coming up. Next week's show is in the blink of an eye. I'm excited about that. We're going to have we're going to post who we're going to have on the show, but it's just talking about what would happen in the blink of an eye is something happened to your partner, something happened to your um, your caregiver, your mate, your confidant, your companion, whomever it is that is in your life that's with you that would have to take care of you in a situation that you did not expect to happen or if you were left alone after your significant other um, in whatever capacity that it, that that is in relationship, what happens when they're not there? So I'm excited about that show as well, but... You know, you can, on the program is available for download. This program and all of our programs are available for download on demand on our blogtalkradio.com, Loudmouth Radio, anytime after 10 p.m. Eastern Standard, Eastern Time. I keep saying Eastern Standard. Advertising, you can call 706-363-3895 during business hours, and those hours are 10 a.m. through 6. You can call. Um, if you can't get us, leave a message so that we can get back with you. And the advertising is done through Loudmouth Media. So that's at Loudmouth Media Offices for advertisement. So you can get some plugs in um, about your business. And it's really great rates. So actually, I don't know the rates, but I always know that she's fair and does a really great job. So definitely want to do that. So I'll step back, step out of the way, and let our sponsors be known. Love My Radio welcomes and appreciates each and every sound uh, support in regards to our listeners, in regards to our shows that we have in lineup. Currently, we have Monday nights with the Universal Mind with Robert Watkins at 8 p.m., Tuesday nights, The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Jazzy Jones, and Thursday nights, Night Talk Live with J.L. and Sonny. Each show is broadcasting from 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate all of our listeners taking the opportunity to connect with us. You are listening to the Bear Truth Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers, and we're re-actually re, re broadcasting a show that was an awesome show that I felt like needed to get some further attention that was played actually in April of this year. And uh, this show was fantastic. We had a lot of feedback before, and we've had people listening and tuning in, and it's like a lot of wow factors coming across our social media tonight. So I hope that everyone has had an awesome opportunity to listen to this topic and the unusual things that are going on across the world in regards to breastfeeding and sexual arousal. This program is being sponsored by Digimo Printing of Stockbridge, Georgia. You can reach them at digimoprinting.com, as well as Bright Car Spa at 360 Edgewood Avenue in the Atlanta area, offering all our loudmouth, actually loudmouth listeners and supporters a $60 mini detail, which allows you to get your service of your car or SUV done. Um, they also have packages starting as low as $15 and up. You can check them out online at brightcarspa.com, and that's B-R-I-T-E-C-A-R-S-P-A.com, as well as Fletcher & Sons Auto, too, that's actually located at 7363 Terra Boulevard in Jonesboro, Georgia. It's offering all our listeners the opportunity to have their car service with a fantastic leak diagnostic and full service charge of your system with the Freon to make sure that you're blowing in the air cool in this hot summer. You can also reach them at 770-471-0116 and check out their video online at loudmouthtv.com. 
For all our listeners this evening, we also want to recommend that you stay connected with us on our social media. You can follow us at Twitter at Loudmouth, L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H, as well as on Facebook at Loudmouth Online. We're really excited about our new season that's coming up. Um, These past few weeks has been an awesome opportunity to have our listeners to reconnect with some of our shows that have been broadcasting earlier on. And we just want to recommend that you actually check us out on Stitcher Radio, Fantastic opportunity as uh, as a network we've been positioned to be able to be heard across the nation and over 4 million in car dashboards, iPhones, and Android apps. So make sure you look us up and always remember to put two Ds in loudmouth. For all those who have small businesses that would like to connect with us, we're available Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 706-363-3895, as well as 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Fridays at that same number. If you have any requests, things that you'd like to inject into our uh, feed, make sure you contact us at loudmouthmedia at gmail.com, and we'll be more than happy to address any questions, comments, or things of that nature that you may have. Also, be sure to connect with us and, and connect with our sponsors. They are great businesses that are offer some fantastic promotions to our listeners, uh, especially if you're in the metro Atlanta area. And for those who are outside of the metro Atlanta area, don't fear we have plenty of uh, opportunities to connect with us. You can call in our studio lines at 347-826-7520, doing our live broadcast and speak with us as well as our guests. And we want to make sure that you tune in for the rest of the week and you'll be able to hear uh, Night Talk Live as well as in the studio with Sonny on Wednesday and Thursday. This has been a fantastic opportunity to broadcast to you guys, and we wish you the best and have a safe 4th of July. I saw you round the way, another song around the way, and you too look so happy. Gave a smile as I passed by, but it hurt me, I can't lie. What can I do? I'm born to be crazy. Wanna tell
Love us. 